everyone from me, Brent Fram, Thursday night time for the Handicap Rugby Chat that matters. Lots of quality rugby to talk about today. And I must say, I was caught a bit off guard. I didn't realize we're going straight into the Heineken Champions Cup semi-final. So great to be able to chat about that. We've also got Super Rugby, a bit of Curry Cup. I think there's a single URC game, maybe two. We'll touch on that at the end of the show. But really, really some good stuff to talk about. And uh, joining me, well, aboarding the boys, whenever we put these boys on the show together, they seem to strike fear into the heart of the bookmakers. So let's introduce them. I'll start at the bottom of the screen. Chad, good to have you on the show. Yeah, thanks for welcoming me back, Brent. Uh, Neil and I are making a bit of a habit of going on to the show together. I'm sure uh, one time uh, in the coming weeks we'll, we'll be split up. But uh, yeah, hopefully we can strike some further fear in the hearts of the bookies uh, after the show. Yeah, certainly uh, we don't want to break a winning combination. I think you were just saying before we came on here, your mom's quite a big fan of the conductor, you were saying. <laughs> or oh, she's the fan of the show whether it's the fan of the conductor on the show or one of the same thing or not so that's up for a, a, a debate but uh, to be honest I wouldn't be able to blame her if she was no 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 I guess it just it's ragging you there as well Neil welcome to the show <laughs> thoughts on sports uh, what sort of punting form you been in Neil no Brent I don't want to don't want to speak too loudly in case the bookies are listening but red hot for my side um, took a bit of a, when I say a break, it just wasn't too involved um, last weekend. Had a bit of personal commitments, had an exam to write. So all attention was was on the studies last weekend. So it was a good thing for the bookmakers um, last weekend. So keen to, to get out firing. I've looked at the Lions, a couple of strong fancies my side, especially in the Curry Cup. I think there's some fantastic matchup there. It's been a bit of a difficult composition to to punt on so far this season. A couple of sort of iffy results, a couple of total overs, which I've I've been on. Which have which have have landed or sort of missed it by a point or two, but some fantastic rugby, super rugby into the business end of the competition, Champions Cup semi-finals. So yeah, keen to get cracking. Excellent. Yeah, looking forward to getting into. It. Just welcome to the boys on the live chat, Alex, Dino, and Mark. Mark uh, sent me a Twitter message just before the saying these early mornings in Bali are killing him. He gets up at like three in the morning to watch the show. So thanks a lot, Mark. Really appreciate the support there. And yeah, looking forward to getting into the betting. And let's go straight into. Super Rugby, uh, where's my banner? There's Super Rugby Pacific. And the first game we've got, and Neil, we'll start with you. Uh, Highlanders up against the Western Force, and I've got a handicap here of 16 and a half at Sunday. No, Brent, off the bat, I do like the Force force to cover. Um, Highlanders, I, I, I don't care what they did last weekend in Brisbane against sort of a depleted Reds outfit. They're a poor New Zealand side, and I just think that the bookmakers have, have handed them a bit too much respect here. It is a bit nerve-wracking as a as a force backer here that the game's getting played um, under the roof at Dunedin. But I just hope that the force sort of planned in true force style, hog possession, absolute possession merchants there. They're quite poor in the final third in converting it to points. But I just think that if the Highlanders look to sort of show a bit, bit too little respect for the force here, hopefully um, try to play a bit of a loose game. I think it could play into the force's hands here. I think Tony Brown um, doesn't just, just has no idea what his best backline is at the moment. They've shifted Sam Gilbert back into well, when I say back in first time into the into the ten jumper. He's an out and out wing fullback, electrifying pace. But I'm just not too sure how he'll be able to sort of marshal that that Highlanders pack around. Is quality in there? Billy Harmon, fantastic player in the loose for for the Highlanders. Uh, Macaroni Tuo is also also a very dangerous ball carrier at at eight. But this fourth side is just a very very settled side. Um, Obviously, got undone by the Crusaders last weekend, but that was always going to happen with the big Scott Robertson bounce back after the, the Waratahs upset the, pre, the previous week to that. So at 16.5, I just think that this is handicaps a bit a bit too heavy at the moment. This is a 12.5-point game for me, so I'm happy to take a bit of the Force Plus first up on a Friday. 
Interesting. I handicapped this game. I see on the Good for the Game forum at 16 and a half. But I take, uh, yeah, fair, fair comment. I was also leaning towards the force. Uh, what are you going for your chat? Yeah, I'm in agreement with Neil. Um, soft play on, on, on the force uh, plus here. I just feel like, as, as Neil alluded to, uh, Brown doesn't know his, his best combinations. I think he's struggled with Mitch Hunt, Marty Banks, who to play at 10. Uh, there's no no recognized place kicker. Not that Mitch Hunt can be considered a recognized place kicker over the past few weeks. Um, but yeah, accompanied with Landers being very inconsistent and, and arguably the worst, well, definitely the worst New Zealand side of the competition this year. Um, and then when you look on the other side of the of, of the field at the force, they showed a few good glimpses early on. There were a few big names in the pack, Isaac Rodder, Jeremy Thrush, um, experienced heads. Um, so I believe they can string it together. Um, and as Neil said, they have uh, the elements of consistency about them this week. Um, and yeah, given the, the uh, some of the losses that they've had this season, a lot of them have been a, a lot narrower than you think. So to go, I know it's in uh, under the roof in Dunedin, but to go to the Highlanders with more than two converted tries, um, head start, uh, I think you, you you have to take the force on the plus uh, 16 and a half here. Before we move on to the next game, I'll ask you guys both quickly, starting with you, Chad. Total points line, 56 and a half. Anything uh, stand out for you there? Yeah, I think that would... Yeah, 56 and a half, that makes Brumby's what... I mean, um, Landers, 36 and a half, maybe a bit more. I'll give you their line now. Uh, let's have a look. I'm on player bets, and they've got so many different points lines. A home total points, 36 and a half, spot on. Yeah, um, I could potentially look at the Landers unders 36 and a half does seem steep um i think the western force with their consistency and such um could could hold them out um but yeah if if, it were, if i were to uh, punt on the point signs it, it may have a small number on the Landers unders because i just don't see them scoring that many tries with with gilbert uh pulling the strings at 10. And I guess, Neil, if you're looking at the force plus, then you're probably thinking unders in this game, as you say, hoping they hold possession for long periods. Yeah, spot on, Brent. So the other sort of angle I'd go for is, is the classic game of two, two halves in the New Zealand game. If it's sort of a tight tight first half, sort of a 12-6 to, to the landers at halftime, I'd look to pull the, pull the trigger on an overs at about 46, 47 and a half. But then again, if it sort of screams into life, you've got a 21-14 at halftime, 35 points in the first half, I'd look to take sort of an under 65 and a half in play. 57 and a half gut feel. I mean, it's one of those rules you never want to take um, take unders when the landers are playing, especially under the roof because the conditions are superb. But this is a poor landers, landers outfit. 57 and a half is the sort of line you'd get when they play against other opposition, which do which do tend to to cross the whitewash. I can't say that, say that too much about the force. So gut feel just says that it's, I would take unders at that. Not a strong fancy because I just feel like you're always going to be nervous, and I don't feel like that sort of stress on a at 9 a.m. on a on a Friday morning. So it's probably one I would I would look to leave. Look for the game of two halves. Tiny nibble if you really are feeling feeling up to it on the on the landers uh, um, unders and leave it at that. Yeah, I must say these days I'm always too busy on a Friday morning to really get too involved in the games. But I can remember the days I used to lock myself in one of the offices at work, and I used to have the walker and my. Uh, I had the work laptop, my personal laptop, and the walk, and I used to watch Super Rugby while I was like on a call somewhere in there. But but yeah, those Friday morning stresses, I haven't had them for a while. Neil, we're going to stay with you. Go to the next game. It's a Brumbies plus six and a half against Crusaders. I know um, Southpaw came when the minus three and a half or Crusaders came. He 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 went for it on the forum and on on, on Twitter. And there's a few guys who followed him. Were you one of those to get on the minus three and a half? 
yeah, Brent, I was quick off the blocks into that into that minus three and a half. Even before team news, I just sized this game up. Tight fixture. Crusaders sort of kicked into gear last weekend against the Western Force. I knew they were going to be rolling out the big guns for this fixture. But no no discredit to the Brumbies here. They've been superb against New Zealand opposition. Claimed three scalps so far in the in the Hurricanes, Highlanders and the Chiefs. So big, big credits to them in sort of overturning their, their Super Rugby Pacific form um, this weekend. But I just think that at six and a half, Crusaders kicking into gear, that's a seriously strong 23 that the Crusaders are putting out. Uh, Brumby's missing Rob Valentini, who's been instrumental in sort of the forward carrying there. He's loved loved crossing the whitewash for for a try there. And then you've got Noel Alessio, who's not a, not a big fan of him at international level. But he's quality um, at domestic level. So a bit of a change there. Rob Liotta starts uh, into, into the number 10 jumper there. So a bit of problems for the Brumbies there. And it's not, not the best time to get... Um, the, to to sort of run into problems against against a quality Crusaders outfit, and I just looked at if you got Lester Fayango Nuku on the bench for the Crusaders, they must have a seriously quality um, backline that they're throwing out here. So at at six and a half, still at those levels, I just have to be a Crusaders punter. Yeah, I must say I missed the three and a half, but certainly tempted by the six and a half there, Chad. Um, I never forget setting you up the one time on the show when I was convinced you were going to rather stamp it, and you went the other way. Um, but I'm convinced you're going to rubber stamp this one. Well, <laughs> actually, a, a few days ago, before the, the news about Valentino Lolisio uh, came out, I, I was quite bullish on, on, on the Brumbies Plus. I um, went in on the, on the plus four and a half, which uh, I'm still not embarrassed to admit. Um, but just to chat about the game um, from a more kind of uh, rugby philosophy level, I think we've reached a stage in the competition where uh, good teams have established themselves as good teams. I know Valentino and Lolisio have been instrumental for them in the back row and at 10, um, but I just feel as if the, the vibe in Canberra is good at the moment. They've got seemingly a good culture and a good structure there. They still have a lot of consistency from the team that beat the, the Chiefs last week. As Neil alluded to, they've beaten three New Zealand sides um, in and amongst the same way that the, the Crusaders did. And if we look at the, the, the Crusaders team of this year, I know I've said this before on the show, they're not quite what they, they once were. Um, they are third on the log, but they have been quite inconsistent, um, having won only narrowly against um, uh, the Canes and, and the, the Highlanders. I mean, I think it was like three or four points in, in both games. And they've obviously lost to both the Chiefs and the Waratahs, which the Brumbies, I believe, have both beaten. So I think we've as I said, reach a stage in the competition where good teams are good. Um, and I think we're going to see quite a tight fixture. Um, plus six and a half. I would still probably go for Brumbies on the plus. Um, but I, if you could go back in time, Crusaders minus three and a half within the news that Lelisio and Valentini are now out is, is probably the better go. But um, with, the, with the line near a converted try, I would tell um, the next person to probably stay out. Well, Johanna essays and saying Crusaders one to twelve there. Um, yeah, I mean, I just just harking back to the last weekend. It was one of those weekends. If you followed the preview picks, you did really, really well. I picked a lot of winners last week, but also was very busy and, and kind of in the end got involved in the wrong games. But one of them, uh, one of the positives was Crusaders. I think it was over thirty six and a half points, and they look pretty impressive. I am leaning towards there their on the handicap. Chad, we're going to give you first crack at the next one. Interesting one. Let me quickly, before I actually even bring you in, I'm going to go look at our handicap this game. I think there was some talk in the week. I actually, I was well out on this game with my handicap chat. I made the Drua 
plus nine and a half against minor Pacifica. And they're starting, well, at the moment, it's minus one and a half. Um, yeah, it's quite a big difference between what I thought and what the bookies thought on this one. Yeah, it's, it's, it is interesting to see that it's essentially a, a choice game. I also would have uh, backed Pacifica to be be the favourites. Um, but the fact that it is even on the bookies uh, probably suggests something that they know, something that I don't. So at an angle that I'll probably look to have at this game is a points line. Um, being played at Combank Stadium, Parramatta, uh, the first time these uh, two new boys of the competition are playing at it, uh, Pacific Island teams, seven-star rugby. I think we're going to see a, a lot of a lot of running, a lot of speculative passes, perhaps one or two cards. I don't think we're going to have a very structured 80 minutes of rugby. So I'll probably leave the cap alone because I think the game could swing left and right um, far too much too quickly. So my my kind of ideal thinking on this game is definitely a points line um, and, and definitely overs on that line, depending on, on, on what it comes out at exactly. Oh, well, Mark reckons 50-50 game this. Neil, what are your thoughts here? Yeah, Brent, so it's, I'm, I'm with you in that camp. I like Pacifica quite quite strongly here. Um, for me, this is a this is a, a choice game at best, if not Pacifica minus two and a half here. I just look at this. The Druid love to play that sort of open, expansive game of rugby. Pacifica a lot more structured in their approach. Aaron Major with a bit of a, a bit of head coach experience at the Highlanders. In thrust into into the hot seat at Pacifica. They've been disappointing so far, but they've also th uh, thrown together some good performances, none other than last weekend against sort of a red-hot Waratahs team. But I thought they conducted themselves quite strongly throughout the fixture. And I just look at the players that they've selected. I like I like Solomon Cutter in the in the number 13 jersey for Pacifica. He's had a bit of experience in Super Rugby with with the Brumby, so he'll offer a bit of experience out wide, especially in quite a crucial defensive position that's, that is 13. And then Danny Tuol is always a, quite a destructive ball carrier in the 12 jumper. I like that they've brought um, Lincoln McClutchy into the into the ten jump and put uh, Lilia Fano onto the bench. Big Lilia Fano fan, but he just doesn't sort of have that that turn of pace that he that he had once upon a time. Bit of a journeyman nowadays, sharpshooter off the tee. But Lincoln McClutchy is definitely the future for the Pacifica going forward. So I just like what they've put together at a choice game, um, especially with an expansive side against sort of a more structured side. I just have to go with with Pacifica here. Yet to win a game or competition, Drew have been off the board. I just feel like the motivation will be will be running exceptionally high in the Pacifica camp. Almost got the victory last weekend against the Waratahs. That that was a good performance from them, and I think they'll they'll put in an 80 minute performance here and see off the Drew. And I just I just can't see past sort of the Drew um, with a bit of lapse uh, lapse of discipline here. They've shown that they just love a yellow card throughout the, throughout the tournament. I'm just saying that will come back to bite them in this in this tight affair. Excellent. Yeah, so we're in alignment on that one. Welcome to Steph, who's joined the show. And let's move on to the next game, and we'll start with you, Neil. Blues, minus 19 and a half against the Reds. Yeah, Reds, of course, getting undone last week. They did have a few injury problems. And the Blues, absolutely. I think the conductor was on the minus 10 and a half handicap, the Blues, last week. And I, I followed him on that. And I think they were, what were they, 14 nil down or something? And they, they ended up comfortably cruising the halftime handicap and absolutely hammered the Rebels. So 19 and a half, Neil, what do you think of this cap? Yeah, Brent, so when this fixture opened up, it opened Blues minus 13 and a half. I, I like that um, early doors um, at Eden Park. I knew Reds were had a bit of injury concerns in the pack, so I, I took a little bit of that. But this handicap's drifted a couple of points too heavy for, for me. We've seen what Blues are able to do um, with big handicaps bar last weekend. They're just, they're just a, a side which just tends to struggle with these. They can be their own worst enemy 
all all the excitement, all the attacking backs in the world, but they just sort of struggled to to string that last that last pass together. Reds, Reds, and with Brad Thorne at the helm, they're not going to sort of stand down to this Blues outfit. Reds looking light in the pack, but exceptionally stacked in the back. So that just gives me a bit of confidence if as a as a sort of a Reds backer here. They can score tries from anywhere on the park. The likes of Jordi Bataille and Hunter Paisami, they will cause problems for, for this Blues defense. And I can easily see sort of the Reds crossing for two or three tries here. So I would be I would be a bit worried taking the Blues at the sort of minus 19, minus 20 level here. So I know I mentioned that I did take a little bit of Blues minus, but at these levels, I just have to be a Reds backer at, my, at uh, plus 20 and a half here. Right, Chad, yourself, is this handicap a bit high? Yeah, I, I uh, agree and concur with everything you said. Um, yeah, the the Reds and, and Brad Thorne have been a bit unlucky with injuries as of late. Um, they were looking uh, like quite an exceptional outfit around the time that they beat the Brumbies. But now they're coming into this weekend with Harry Wilson and Fraser McWright out, both from the, the back row. Fraser McWright's been awesome at the breakdown for them, and Harry Wilson has just been inspirational. I think probably their best forward of the season so far. Um, as Neil alluded to, the backs are strong. We have James O'Connor and Hunter Basami coming back. James obviously improved a lot to 10, I think, this season in terms of his um, game management and, and generalship. And Basami is the type of robust uh, ball-carrying center who also makes big hits on defense. And as a style of play that, you know, uh, one one line break or, or one um, big hit can, can change the momentum of the game. Against a, an outfit like the Blues, who've named an incredibly strong side, leading the competition, uh, the Reds definitely won't win the game. Um, but I definitely think they will cover plus 19 and a half, plus 20 and a half. And um, as Dawson Sports said, uh, with that kind of backline, you can expect them to score a couple of tries. So perhaps a, a Reds um, points line um, could be a play in this game. Excellent. We'll move on to the next game now. Before you do that, Dave, if you are watching the show with a live or recorded, give it a like. Um, and, and do subscribe to the channel. But uh, yeah, liking it does help the channel quite a bit as well. So appreciate that. Waratahs plus six and a half. Uh, did, did I go? Um, yeah, I, I got your opinion, uh, Neil, on the Blues. I, th I thought for a second I'd skip you there. Waratahs plus six and a half, Chad, against the Hurricanes. Yeah, Brent, this game opened up at plus nine and a half um, for the Waratahs, which is something I luckily um, snapped up uh, early on in the weekend. It's obviously come into. Uh, less than a converted try, which is more of what I, I would expect to have seen it at, perhaps even in, in lower than this. And, and plus six and a half is, is probably something that um, I would still take a small a nibble of. Um, I know there's no Michael Hooper, Charlie Gamble's in his place. I know Charlie Gamble's become a bit of a cult hero um, at Leichhardt Oval, um, but he's also kind of played to match that kind of a cult hero status. Hugh Sinclair back at log to beef up the engine room. Um, the backs have, uh, have impressed as well, particularly Isaiah Peresi. He's been quite a dangerous um, uh, ball carrier at um, 13 with the, the, some of the runs and line breaks that he makes. And he's, he's, he's no liability on defense either. I um, expect to see him, him and Pasami as the starting centers for the Wallabies um, this coming uh, test series. Um, and yeah, the Waratahs obviously didn't play too well against Pacific last week, you could say. Um, so... But I mean, in saying that, they did beat a Crusader side with a performance at home that I think will carry them through when they when they play another New Zealand side um, at the same venue. Uh, we've said this on the show a couple of times. Um, they much improved from last year, particularly in their defence, and I think they can they can hold a, a Hurricane side to, to to the plus six and a half. 
just on the Hurricanes, I know they got Ray Arce back, who's uh, electric. Um, Julian Sevilla seems to be back to form as well. However, they've put Jordi Barrett back at all, which, which I don't really back all that much. Um, I don't think he has the, the distribution skills or the kind of creativity to unlock defences from that position. Um, I feel he's much better in terms of his um, uh, kick uh, uh, kick receipts and, and so on and so forth. And he's uh, punting out of hand and kicks for goal, uh, much better suited at uh, fullback as opposed to an inside centre. Um, and I think he may stifle a bail and Sullivan outside of him. Um, so yeah, um, my my go-to would still be the the Waratahs on the on the plus six and a half. Yeah. Well, the Crow Tips coming in and suggesting they almost had the wrong favourite. We almost thought it was the Oracle joining us there for a while. Got to make contact with that guy when I'm in Cape Town in a, in a few weeks' time. Neil, what about you on this Waratahs game? Yeah, Brent. Similar. It's also snubbed the the nine and a half in the first opened up. Uh, Lechard overalls turned into a bit of a fortress for the Waratahs, and especially the, the form that they have been put out. Past seasons gone by, Waratahs have just shifted points, but they've really just tightened up there, able to sort of grind the opposition down, play the, play the game in the right areas on the park, and then just sort of attack when, when attack is necessary and just sort of turn over the points when necessary. But sort of at the six and a half, oh, it has, it has me questioning. I just scroll to the team sheet and I just look at one name, and that's and that's Artie Sevier in the number eight jersey. I just, I just worry about the Waratahs here and how they're going to be able to contain him. I see that they brought back um, Jordy Barrett into the 12 jumper, so shifted him from 15 into 12. So they want him in the action on the ball. And that is a bit of a worry for me sort of as a, as a Waratahs backer here. So at six and a half, I think this, that this handicap has come in, come in sufficiently. And I'd hate to say it, but I'll probably sort of take the, the Hurricanes at these sort of levels here. I just think that the Hurricanes have put away, put away quite a poor Drew, Drew outfit last weekend, brought back the Stars in this weekend. Ari Sevier raring to go. He hates he hates a rest weekend. He doesn't like sort of these all-black protocols. He's going to be absolutely firing. He's going to cause heaps of problems for this Waratahs outfit. If the Waratahs don't sort of get up to an early an early lead in sort of the first 20 minutes, I think it could be a long day, long day for them here. Too much quality out wide for, for the Hurricanes. Um, and then just have enough quality in the midfield to sort of contain the threat that Izzy Parisi does does pose. So six and a half, I think this this might be well capped, but at this level. Even though I've already got a bit of skin in the game on the Waratahs plus nine and a half, I'd probably be probably be leaning the Hurricanes to cover this. Yeah, I must say I'm also leaning towards the Hurricanes. It's very close to where I handicapped the game as well, but I do think they they might just do the business there against the Waratahs, who I have been impressed with this season. Neil, we'll stay with you. Plus seventeen and a half Rebels. I kept this game at plus fifteen and a half, so also pretty close here. And that is, of course, against the Chiefs. Where's uh, the thoughts on sports money going? Sure, Brent. It's it's exceptionally tough to make a, a case for the Rebels in this game. Um, I think almost home ground advantage is a is a disadvantage for the Rebels here, because AMI Park in Melbourne is just such a fast turf. So if the Rebels don't don't sort of rock up on defence, the Chiefs could could absolutely run riot here. Um, and I just look at this 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 game, zoom out a little bit. Where do I think the points line will come out? Okay, probably at about sort of seven seventeen and a half. Um, uh, 35 and a half, maybe even 20 and a half, sort of 37 and a half. And I just think that I can't see the Rebels scoring more than 21 points in this game. And I definitely think that the Chiefs will chalk up 40 points in this game. So 17 and a half, I just have to go for for the Chiefs to cover this spread. I see that that Sam Kane and, and Luke Jacobson are going to cause heaps of problems for, for the Rebels at the breakdown. And I fear for the Rebels. If they start to overcommit at the ruck time, they could be heavily exposed out wide, especially on turnover ball there. So Rebels do have a couple of quality players sort of scattered scattered across their ranks. Bit of a weak bench. And so, sure, it's just tough to make a case for the Rebels. 
I think for me, it's just it's just Chiefs minus 17 and a half or just no bets in this fixture and look for maybe a Chiefs overs points in, a, in quite a high-scoring fixture. Well, I was just going to say before bringing Chad in, I was going to say from what Neil says, it sounds like it's Chiefs or no better than you said exactly that, Neil. And I have to agree with you there. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be able to oppose the Chiefs here, that's for sure. So it's either go for them or, 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 or sort of let it rest. Chad, you got a firm view on this one? Yeah, I would have had a much firmer view if the line was three points less than what it currently is, uh, which I believe is what it opened up earlier in the week. But uh, money is coming for the Chiefs, and I, I would say rightfully so. Um, from a Chiefs perspective, they're going to want to bounce back from last week against the Brumbies. Um, in terms of the personnel that they've got this weekend, there's there's no Nankerville for some reason or other. I, I couldn't find out whether he was injured or not. Um, but Brad Weber and Joshuani return. Um, for a nine ten combination, which I think breeds far more a kind of uh, attacking, uh, running, uh, more exciting and ex expansive brand of rugby than and what Bryn Gatlin um, had uh, uh, championing the ten jersey. I just think Bryn Gatlin's more of a, a, a kicker um, out of hand and, and, and territory type ten than, than Joshuani. So, as Neil alluded to, I can expect some points in this game as well. Um, we're nearing the business end of the competition. The Chiefs are in a position where they can secure a home semi-final. They finish uh, fourth. So I think that they're going to need um, to, to put or come away at least with uh, five points against this Rebels side. Um, from a Rebels perspective, absolutely ripped up by the Blues last week, uh, somewhat embarrassingly so. Um, they are strengthened with the, the return of their captain, Michael Wells, and the, the Australian hooker, Jordan uh, Ulazi, I think his name is. Um, but they are significantly rotated in other parts of the field. Obviously, some sort of um, crisis control after last week's blowout against the Blues. So, um, yeah, I don't see other uh, another result other than the Chiefs romping home. Uh, this cap is a tad big, but I expect the Chiefs to uh, to win comfortably and we'll probably look at overs as well um, at the 36 and a half, 37 and a half. Oh, the crow tips here. He says Chiefs are getting over 40. What else happens in the game? He does not know. Gents, let's move on to the Curry Cup. Quite interesting. I handicapped the Curry Cup game on the Good for the Game Forum, my regular Sunday night exercise, and I was actually pretty close to what the bookies say in two of the games and quite well out on another. So we'll talk about that in just a few minutes. But one of the games where I was quite close, I said Puma's minus nine and a half, and I see the books have got that sort of line, and we got you a minus eight and a half. And Chad, we'll start with you. The Puma's... Um, very impressive last week in, in, in beating the Sharks. And uh, can they roll over Province? I think it was a conductor said to me earlier in the week he, he would take the plus Province because he was expecting them to select a stronger side, put a couple of URC guys in. Uh, have we had any team news on this game yet? And any thoughts on the cap? Uh, we, have, we have had team news. Um, and unfortunately, no URC involvement in the slightest. Um, I can understand Conductor's line of thinking, but I think it will perhaps apply more to, to the Sharks. Uh, reason being, uh, I think, because despite the fact that Province, or the Stormers rather, have, have sealed a quarterfinal spot in the Champions Cup for next year, uh, for the time being, um, they are essentially out of the running in the, in, in the Curry Cup. So there's little motivation for them to, to risk any of the URC players um, in Nelspreet this weekend. Um, so yeah, just on our province, it pains me to say um, how bad they've been, but they have lost seven on the bounce. Um, and Pumas at home, it's hard to trust the Pumas on such a big cap because when you expect them to score a lot of points, often often they don't. Um, but yeah, I just can't really trust this province side in Mombela on Friday to 
to cover any sort of handicap around eight and a half, seven and a half, um, 7 p.m. on a Friday night. Mone Ferreira on the whistle. He was a new referee in the competition this this year. I still don't know too much about him. Um, but yeah, I'll probably look at a point spare on, on a Friday night here. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I must say, yeah, I'm looking at this and going, gee whiz. I know, we always say the Pumas, you back them when they're underdogs, when they're favorites, they maybe don't deliver. But I'm looking at this and going, I like the Pumas here on the handicap at minus eight and a half. What's thoughts on sports got for us? Sure, Brent. I hate to to burst the bubble, oh, but I no. quite like <laughs> I quite like I quite like province province to cover, and I'll definitely look at a, a province points line. Hopefully, it's about 23, 24 and a half. Um, I'll strike that uh, just just for a couple of reasons. Uh, the province side will, would have been training with the Stormers this week, and I just feel like a bit of positive energy with the way the Stormers have been performing all season would have would have rubbed up um, into the camp there. Uh, province win uh, winless in seven fixtures, bit of a torrid run for such a proud union here. They have brought Junior Pacamela into into the 23, so he's coming off the bench. And I expect him to be introduced quite quite early on. He'll he'll be a, a massive massive star in this province outfit, and I expect him to cause a couple of problems for the Pumas. And just as you hopped on, the Pumas are just um, awful to back, sort of as as favourites. I, I like to say I put whenever it's a choice game between the the Pumas and the Griquas, I always like to to put my money on Jim, Jimmy Stonehouse, but Jimmy just doesn't like to return the money back to me, so. Um, at these sort of favourites here, Pumas minus eight and a half. Yeah, the games at Umbombele, it will it will favour them, but I just I just can't make a case for them, um, sort of as a more than a converted try. This is a this is a three and a half, four and a half handicap for me against Province here. Province absolutely nothing to lose in the competition. A couple of very very dangerous backs out wide, and the likes of Sergio Peterson um, and Tristan Lades. Set, uh, settled sides um, as far as Curry Cup goes. Tim Swill off the tee. He'll be slotting those threes all day long. So I expect Province to stay in the game right till the end. I wouldn't even be surprised to see uh, Province pip them and just get a bit of revenge for what, what transpired at Cape Town Stadium early in the season. So at eight and a half, I just have to be a Province punter at these levels. Right. Well, that's brought me down to earth with an absolute bang in the crow tip saying Province. He's also on Western Province on Friday night in Nelspreit. Let's stick with thoughts on sports. So we've got the next game. Uh, Cheetahs minus 14 and a half up against the Sharks. And I think this one's quite close. Yeah, I'd handicap this game, in fact, exactly at 14 and a half. So no obvious value for me there jumping out. Neil, what about you? Yeah, Brent, I like the Sharks quite quite strongly to to cover the spread. Um, notable, it is an early kickoff. So that is a bit of a worry as a, as a Sharks backer here. But Sharks just one of the sides that... If, if they're favourites in the fixture, you just can't make a case to take them on any sort of minus. But as soon as they come up as as underdogs or big underdogs in this case, at 14 and a half, I just have to take it. Sharks recruitment's been been quite strong. They're going to have they're going to have some quality players um, in scattered across the uh, 23. I know what happened last against against the Pumas, but I'm not looking too much into that. I think that 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 fixture has blown this handicap out by about uh, five to seven points. This is a five. This is a seven point eight point handicap for me. Cheetahs have shown that they've been quite slow starters last weekend against the Lions. Were very slow out the blocks, sort of from the last 20 minutes. Ultimately, they they pulled away, and that's that's a poor Lions outfit. So I do worry for the Cheetahs here in, in covering such a big spread. I look at their side; it's there's heaps of quality throughout that Cheetahs side. The likes of Gideon Fanemeva, absolute menace over over the breakdown there. Obviously, got the cool calm heads of Francois Stan and Rowan Pino sort of commanding proceedings here. But against the Sharks outfit, not much to lose. Third in the third in the in the standings there. Hopefully securing a semi-final berth. I think they're going to take the Cheetahs right down to the last whistle. And I can I can see a heap load of points of this in this fixture. So I'll definitely be looking at a points play if I can get the mid-50s here 
But other than that, Sharks plus 14 and a half, I think it's just the right way to go in this one. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you there. I think uh, the points could be the way to go. Certainly as we come into the South African winter and we get some nice firm surfaces to play on as well. Chad, yourself on this game, I was actually leaning towards the cheaters, but I must say I was going to wait for wait until I had a good look at the teams, which I, which I haven't done yet. What are you going for on this one? I'm in agreement with Neil on this one, uh, Brent. Um, yeah, just on, on the cheaters last week, I was kind of expecting them to put footy on the lines uh, uh, in Johannesburg, which obviously failed um, to, to happen. And they also showed a bit of a leaky defense against a somewhat uh, lackluster Lions Curry Cup side, um, which could translate in, into this week. Um, I agree that the Sharks are going to come in all guns blazing, as we spoke about earlier, in terms of like some of the URC player involvement. I think having secured the quarterfinal spot in the URC um, oh, for the Champions, yeah, for the URC and then Champions Cup spots for, for next year, and the fact that they are battling, or well, there's a three way battle. Um, for th the third and fourth um, in the Curry Cup with about seven or eight rounds to go. I think the Sharks will, will try uh, and gun for a victory in this game. So to be minus 14 and a half underdogs um, against the Cheetahs at league points against the Alliance side last week, I, I have to take the Sharks on the, on the plus here. Right, Sharks on the plus there. Let's move on to the final game. This is the game where I had a bit of a difference of opinion from the bookmakers. I actually priced this at minus 25 and a half bulls Chad, and, and I was a little bit surprised to see the 16 and a half. Bookmakers obviously impressed by the fact that the Lions did push the Cheetahs close last week. But uh, really, this Golden Lions Curry Cup side hasn't been up to much. And I find myself leaning quite heavily towards the minus. Where are you going on this? Yeah, I, I, I agree, um, Brent. I think as a, a rugby institution, the Bulls are just light years ahead of the Lions. Um, as we've spoken about on the show numerous times, the Lions Curry Cup side has left much to be desired. They did show something against the, the cheaters, but I think the cheaters may um, be slipping up a bit towards um, the middle to latter half of the season. Um, and I wouldn't necessarily read uh, uh, too much into to this. Um, I, it would be interesting to see what the teams look like, but I expect that this game could could get quite ugly. Um, and I'm definitely going to be on the, on the Bulls minus um, at Loftus. Right, thoughts on sports. Are you going to convince me to pull the trigger or give me some doubt? No, Brent, um, I'm all over the balls this this weekend. Um, the Lions have sort of tried to be plucky in the last few weeks, sort of run the opposition close. But this is coming up against a scary Bulls outfit. We've seen sort of the strength that the Bulls are able to put out in the Curry Cup fixtures. 16 and a half here, sure, I just can't make a case for the Lions here. I think this is going to get a bit ugly for them. They're going to be competitive in the first half, probably at the start of the second half. But I just think there'll be too much quality on the bench for the Bulls. That's when, the, when sort of the depth starts running through to to the Lions, if they're sort of ten, uh, sort of five to ten points down after sixty minutes, they'll look to their bench. They won't see too much looking back at them, and I just think that that's when the Bulls are really going to capitalise. Jack said in midweek that he wasn't too happy with with the way the performance unravelled against the Griquas. Um, obviously, had a very strong first half performance, and then un unravelled a bit in the second with a bit of discipline issues. And he said said to the boys that if you're ten points up, you got to have a crack at post. So I expect some massive scoreboard pressure from the Bulls here. They're not only going to kick to the corner and just try to bundle over the Lions' try line here. I think they're going to knock up some serious scoreboard pressure. And that's exactly the kind of position I want to be in if I'm a Bulls minus punter here. So I expect sort of a, quite a professional performance from the Bulls here. And they'll completely dispatch quite a poor Lions outfit here. Excellent. Looks like we're all aligned on that one. 
And that brings us to the end of the Curry Cup. We're going to move on now to the Heineken Champions Cup semi-final. Some great rugby last week. Unfortunately, I didn't get to watch much of it, but I did get a bit of the Leinster-Leicester game with Leinster getting out to an early lead and uh, just never getting touched by Leicester. They're at home now, Neil Leinster. They're minus nine and a half against Toulouse. Sure, Brent. Um, if I if I could make a case for for the Champions Cup as to be a, a pure viewer from a couch and to keep my pockets um, to keep my wallet in my pocket, there I would. But as the show goes, one has to form an opinion. So two absolutely cracking sides putting out here. Leinster. I mean, they're just the the utmost professional outfit. Game getting played at at Aviva Stadium. It's going to be seriously tough for Toulouse to go over there um, and sort of chalk a victory in front of sort of forty thousand screaming Irish fans in blue. But I just look at this at this Toulouse side, and at nine and a half, the handicap just looks a couple of big. Too many game breakers in that side. Renard Alster, he's a big physical presence for Toulouse. He'll sort of put a lot of pressure on on that um, that Leinster gain line. So if if he can sort of get over the advantage line there, that sort of uh, plays into the likes of Dupont and Intermac to free out those backs. They'll have to play in a bit of a bit of space. Two seriously intelligent footballers, just apart from their sort of attacking prowess, there they can put the, this ball in the right positions on the on the Leinster Park. If they can sort of keep Leinster to a stranglehold and not sort of let Leinster get on the right side of the ref's whistle here, I think this this fixture can go completely down to the wire here. So I understand the sentiment at the nine and a half um, that the bookmakers have presented us here, but it, but I just have to take the French on the plus here. To lose love knockout rugby, DuPont and Intermac are serial winners. They just love these types of fixtures. They'll be completely up for it. To lose, they won't be short of motivation in their camp. Um, and I just think that Leinster could play could be their own worst enemies in this game. Everyone's sort of chalking them in as an easy victory over a to lose over a traveling to lose outfit, which which has tended to lack a bit of discipline as the season's unwinded. But if they can keep that in check, sort of keep keep it to a three-point game with with 20 minutes to go in the in the second half, I think this could be anyone's game. So at nine and a half. Semi-final, I just have to side with the travelling French here. Mark Dunphy, we know he's a big Leinster fan, and he's taking a rather conservative route here. Leinster, 1-12. to That should have any Leinster minus backers a little bit nervous. Chad, what are you doing in the first semi-final? Yeah, like Neil, I also uh, tend to stay away from uh, punting on, on European uh, cup games um, where I can, but as he says, one has to form an opinion when on the show. So... Um, yeah, I, th I think it's going to be an absolutely cracking game on paper. Definitely the game of the weekend uh, when France and Arden played in the Six Nations earlier this year. 13 players in the Irish side came from the Leinster squad and nine players in the French side came from the Toulouse squad. If you chuck in our starters, uh, Neil mentioned and Arnold and a couple of other internationals for the Toulouse side, you've got absolutely massive squads with, with high-caliber rugby players. Leinster have been somewhat hot and cold in this in this championship. Um, I know that they kind of turn it on when it matters, particularly in European competition. But I'm in agreement with thoughts on sports. I think nine and a half is just a, a bit too big, uh, given the way that French rugby is going right now. I also think, despite the international influence in the top 14, the fact that there are three French sides in the semi-finals uh, speaks to the the intensity and the, the quality of rugby in that competition. I know that uh, Munster last week uh, took took uh, Toulouse down to the wire, and, and, and one could make a good case that Leinster would uh, walk over over Munster at this stage. Um, but yeah, I just can't see um, a minus nine and a half, um, despite being at Aviva against the side with the likes of Intermac and and, and Dupont and uh, so on and so forth. So yeah, small player with uh, on uh, Toulouse on the plus here. 
I'm not going against the panelists, but I am leaning um, elsewhere <laughs> on a couple of games. It could be an expensive weekend for me. I do like Leinster to cover the handicap there. was very impressed with them last week. And, uh, yeah, just think that at home they're going to be a little bit too strong. But should be a should be a cracking game to watch. That's one thing for sure. Chad, we'll stay with you for the next one. We've got a virtual choice game here. Russing minus one and a half against La Rochelle. Yeah, I think this game is minus one and a half to Russing purely because they're playing at home. Um, if you look at the the log and uh, the French top 14, I don't watch much rugby in the competition, but I think all nine teams have a chance of making the semis with a couple of teams in the top four actually mathematically a chance of missing out entirely, uh, which is which is bonkers for some uh, for, for, for a log at, at this stage of the season. Um, and just watching the way Russing played last week, um, the enigmatic players, Finn Russell, Teddy Thomas, it was actually quite quite scary watching how these guys effortlessly play the game of rugby. Um, so yeah, I, I don't have too much of a strong opinion on La Rochelle. I know they they put away Montpellier side quite easily last week, um, but if you supposedly had a, a gun to my head, I can't take, um, or I would have to take rather a Russing minus one and a half at home. The way they've been playing, the confidence that needs to be flowing through those guys, um, I think they they will book themselves a place in the final. Looking forward to this game, Neil. Do you think it's going to be a, a good one to watch? No, spot on, Brent. Uh, just to correct Chad, the, the game is getting played um, in Lens, so it is a neutral okay. venue, but I do believe okay. it is it is Thank closer you. to Paris. It's quite quite far up north in France. But, I mean, it's just, just two complete contrasts of style here, and I always sort of like that matchup. Russing, the flamboyance that they do offer, littered with sort of international superstars across their backs and forward pack, uh, Sorry, that's that's Russing. And then La Rochelle just completely just thrive on sort of pressure rugby, um, a seriously disciplined side, watertight defense, just made for sort of knockout rugby. So two complete contrasts of styles. But for me, this Russing 92 side has has impressed me completely in the in the Champions Cup so far. They just look like they've really just set their set their desire on just bringing this competition home. And in a, in a tight fixture like that, in in Sort of, if this fixture is within three points after 60 minutes, I just have to make a case for for the side with a bit more X factor in that. Russing's defense isn't too shabby when they're playing away from home, because obviously at home, fast pitch under the roof on an artificial surface. So playing away from home, their defense isn't too bad. I just think that they'll have too many game breakers for this La Rochelle side. I think La Rochelle will look to play a bit more negative rugby and kick uh, kick a lot of possession away, and I think that could ultimately produce their undoing if Russing can sort of spark a a 60-meter try from the counter-attack here. So at one-and-a-half choice game, I just think I have to go with, with La Rochelle and, um, to, to set up a final with Leinster. Yeah, I also like La Rochelle, I must say, on the board there. Dino saying your picks are not only aligned tonight, but your dress code as well. Good point. I hadn't actually picked it up. But then again, I'm not one of the more observant people around. Right, gents, that's the end of the champion, well, Heineken Champions Cup. Let's just touch on the URC quickly. I think there are two games scheduled, but I've only been able to find betting for one. I think the other game, Bennett and Zebra. I don't know if anyone's seen anything on that. But here we got Neil, and I'll start with you. I'm not expecting you to be too excited about this game, given some of the other fixtures we've got this weekend. We've got the Dragons plus five and a half against Cardiff. No, Brent, I'm just going to skip the handicap on this one and go straight to the points line. 54 and a half. I'm taking overs on that all day long. Some superb weather um, up in Wales this weekend. Two sides, absolutely nothing to play for. Die Young said he's going to look to to produce some entertainment for the fans. I think that the ball could get thrown around a bit here. I don't ex I don't think defence will will sort of be on their guard. Bit of touch rugby on display. So I'll just I'll just stick to the over fifty four and a half there. 
absolutely love that one. I always enjoy it when two teams that with nothing to lose meet each other. The only thing is I've had some experiences over the years in my spread betting days where they where they sort of had so little to lose that they actually sort of make a lot of careless errors. But I think I think you're right. I think we're going to get points in this one. Chad, anything on the handicap for you or are you joining us on the points line? Um, yeah, I'll definitely join on the points line. Handicap, I will likely not touch. Um, the Dragons and the Ospreys had an absolutely insane game of rugby last week. I think the Dragons were up 24-3 or 24-0 at one point and ended up losing 50-31. Um, as you say, a bit of a dead rubber to Walsh teams. You would expect in terms of how players were feeling at the end of the season where nothing really counts so much anymore to, to throw the ball around. But I don't know. But the Walsh teams and the way they've been <clears throat> playing the season with the level of inconsistency and poor brand of rugby that they've shown at times um, could be a, a bit of a flaky bet. But then in the same vein, you could also say that that, that flakiness and, and kind of inconsistency could lead to an absolute mountain of points. Um, so yeah, I would be leaning to a points line or probably leave the, the handicap alone. Um, but I do expect Cardiff to come away with a victory um, at the Dragons. Well, just a reminder that I've got to work out a best bet. I didn't send a newsletter out last week. I probably would have gone Lions points. I think it was uh, last week was, was my biggest bet of the weekend. But that was on Friday and I just didn't have a chance to get that out. So we'll see if we can find some winners. We'll be sending one out. There's a link to subscribe to that newsletter down below and also a link to the Good for the Game forum betting thread. Just before we get into best bets, have I missed any rugby? I know there's a Challenge Cup. Uh, I don't know if that's taking place this weekend. Though, Neil, have I, have I missed any games here that you might have thought of, or do you think we've covered it all? No, Brent, I think you, you touched on everything there. Excellent. Well, let's get into the best bets then. And uh, Chad, I'm going to start with you. What are your best bets for the weekend, please? Yeah, unfortunately, the lines have shifted uh, from the start of the week. So if they were at the levels that they came out with um, a few days ago, I would have more confidence in the best bets. But if we look at the, the current lines, um, I would have to say in, in Super Rugby, Western Force plus 16 and a half would be the best bet for me in, in Super Rugby against a, a Highlander side uh, with Sam Gilbert at 10. Um, I know we touched on it at the start of the show, but I, I can definitely see that landing um, with more surety out of the other bets and the other uh, point uh, cap lines um, in, in, in Super Rugby. Another one to look out for, I think, would be uh, Reds overs against uh, against the Blues at, at Auckland Park. Um, and uh, yeah, the, the Chiefs um, overs as well um, against the Rebels. Um, in the Curry Cup, best bet will have to be uh, the Sharks plus, um, yeah, plus 14 and a half, plus 15 and a half against the Cheetahs, I think. Uh, what the game will mean to the Sharks um, and, and so on and so forth. And given the Cheetahs' performance against the Lions last week, I think that the, the Sharks will run it a lot closer than what the bookies um, think they will. Um, Champions Cup, I, I wouldn't con consider it um, the best bet, but the most exciting bet, I think, would probably be to lose plus nine and a half. Um, but yeah, I'll likely stay out of that and, and just enjoy it for the spectacle um, that it is. And then for the URC, obviously nothing I've, I've seen on Zebra and Benetton. So, yeah, it would have to be um, over his points uh, in, in Dragons West Cardiff. Right, Neil, sum up your best plays for us for the weekend, please. Sure, Brent. So, on Super Rugby Pacific, I just can't look past the Crusaders to cover that spread. Love um, Pacifica to, to cover the two and a half there. Um, then straight into the Curry Cup, I really like Western Province to cover that. I, I like sharks to cover that spread, bulls to cover that that minus, 
Um, and then in the Champions Cup, it is it is tough. These are almost international like fixtures. I think the bookies have have nailed the spread spot on, but uh, I do like Racing to sort of edge La Rochelle and what what must be a, a very tight French derby. Right. So those are the best bets of the panelists. Then first of all, thanks to all the guys in the live chat. Always great having you with us. And then uh, Neil, to, to yourself, look forward to seeing you in Cape Town, hopefully in a few months' time. But thanks a lot for the show and a cracking weekend to you. No, thanks, Brent. Good luck to to all the punters out there. Let's hope it's a, it's a cracking weekend. Yeah, excellent. Chad, uh, hope you have a cracking punting weekend as well. And we send those bookies scurrying for cover. Have a good one. Yeah, thanks very much, Brent. Have a good weekend, boys. Excellent. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you next week, 9 o'clock Thursday night, for the Handicap Rugby Chat That Matters.